Today we take a look at the disappearance of Brandon Lawson. How did this hardworking 26-year-old father of four end up on the side of a Texas highway panicking and calling for help? Why was he bleeding? And what exactly happened during his frantic call to 911? We'll discuss all of this, as well as what role his personal demons and his brother may have played in this story. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought only national parks had strange cases of people disappearing, stick around. This missing person case has lots of questions and even fewer answers. This is Necronomapod. 9, 2013. 0, 50, and 38 no, I need to call. Okay. Is anybody hurt? Hello? So, right out of the gate, uh, we should probably touch on, we had a lot of comments this past week and a lot of feedback uh, from our listeners on the uh, the headstone situation with regards to Tanya Carmichael from the Anthony Sowell episode. Um, first and foremost, we had a lot of people reach out to us wanting to donate, wanting to set up a GoFundMe, wanting to help uh, pay for the headstone. We've had people even uh, contact us saying they want to pay for the whole thing and just ask if we if we could act as, you know, the uh, the uh, the middleman and kind of making that all happen. We have some kick ass listeners. That's you know awesome that they're all willing to do that and very appreciative that was not our intention when we brought this up last week, though. Um, you know, we weren't trying to ask for money or solicit anybody for money. Um, you know, it was just something we decided we were going to look into. And if we were able to take care of it, we were going to take care of it ourselves and, you know, kind of go from there. But it's awesome that, you know, people stepped up and, and offered that. Um, so thank you. That's that's really cool. That wasn't our intention, but that was really cool to uh, to uh, to see people kind of coming out of the woodwork for that. Uh, that being said, I think last week on Friday, Ian, you you had let us know we were recording the bonus show and you said you were getting a bunch of comments about people asking about it. Yeah, Patreon and there was a bunch of stuff. And you said, uh, hey, by the time we record Wednesday, which is what we're doing now, we better you know have some kind of answers or confirmation or at least something. And at the time we had decided, let's go out to the cemetery ourselves, just go straight to the source and we'll just try to go get eyes on and see what's what's there if there you know is a gravestone or a headstone or not and we talked about dates and what we would work for us times and stuff and initially dave i know you weren't going to be able to go um and so ian you and i were going to drive out there and then something popped up for you um and i asked if you wanted me to wait you said no just go ahead go out and see what you can find it is not a close cemetery to where we live about 45 50 minutes away yeah, it sounds right. Roughly. Sure. So I went out there, drove out. It is a older cemetery. Parts of it, maybe not the most well-kept. A lot of the uh, gravestones are grass growing over them, like literally not even moss, just like grass growing over them. 
covered in leaves, debris, whatever. Ian, you had given me, based on your research, uh, I think from the documentary, the the section and lot number that she was allegedly buried at. Um, found that. Of course, it's the biggest section in the fucking cemetery. <laughs> so there I am, just walking through, looking for a perhaps unmarked grave. And a lot of those lot numbers, like the little plates that mark the lots, those all get buried pretty quick, you know, covered in dirt and debris because there's headstones. You don't need the lot numbers necessarily. So, you know, I'm looking for what any little shred of anything I can find. Sounds like a clit search. Uh, (laughs) Sounds very familiar, this tale of woe. Exactly. Like you sent me on a a no man's land mission to find something that doesn't exist. So, you know, walking around. The, I, I, as much as I could, did not have much luck. Was in the cemetery looking for about an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, ended up coming home. Overall, it was about a three-hour mission for me. I did an investigative reporting. Got home. Told you guys about my discoveries or lack thereof. And Ian goes, all right, no problem. I'll, uh, I'll give the cemetery office a call. 90 seconds later... <laughs> This motherfucker finds out what? Uh, she does have a headstone. It was put in last year. Not sure by who. If it was the family or if it was actually the city or what, but she has one. Very good. 90 seconds. <laughs> good job, Mike. A phone call we could have made. It's a yeah. note going in, your, uh, going in your file, pal. Just saying. <laughs> so the good news is she does have a headstone. Glad to hear it. Uh you Ian, like you said, they weren't exactly sure, or they didn't say who who yeah. put it in, who paid for it. But the uh, Tanya Carmichael does finally have a headstone, so which is good, well deserved. Everyone at least deserves that, yeah. At the very least, why we decided we needed to go out there in person to see it, I'll never know. I would like to reiterate that was a group decision we had made. I just happened to be the one that made the trip. I feel like I suggested that. I didn't want to throw you under the bus, but you absolutely did. Yeah. Well, Ian and I were texting outside of the group, seeing if we could get you, <laughs> make you drive all the way to the other side of town for, on a, on, for the afternoon. Certainly was a uh, commute. And then I asked, because I was in that section, but I did not see the gravestone. It was a big section then. Yeah. So I could have missed it. But anyways, she has a gravestone, which is good. And that was the, uh, that's what we were looking to do. So very good. Feel like uh, that episode of The Office where um, Dwight and Michael go out to uh, which going to call its house to try to save the company, oh, yeah. and then they get the phone call <laughs> that because of like behind the scenes whatever switching of stuff, like the Scranton branch is not going to close, and like we did it, we did it. <laughs> like what did we do? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yet again, we fall ass backwards into mission complete. But anyways, good for her and uh, happy for her family yeah. too, and for her daughter. So, um, and again, thank you to everyone who reached out to us wanting to help out with that. Yeah. Very kind. Um, if you're still interested in doing any of the, uh, helping out, what was, uh, do you remember the website we talked about last week for the, um, the rape test kits, uh, and the backlog.org and the backlog.org. If you're looking to help out in, um, any way, or if you were wanting to donate to the headstone, uh, you might want to check that out as a, as a good use of, uh, you know your money if you're looking to 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 help out a cause so anyways so all right that's what i got going on today is the uh the day we're recording this the anniversary of the kent state shootings have you ever heard of that mike you familiar I, with that event no what is that 
Well, this <laughs> the Ohio National Guard did, did a thing. Hmm. Interesting. I'll have to look into that. He's drawing a blank. <laughs> yeah. I'll look into that and get back to you guys. Let us know if you find anything out about it. All right, you I'll can check do it out another next. investigative. Yeah, I'll check it out. Journalism on it. Cool. All right. May the fourth be with you, Mike. <laughs> so, what was, what was that Star Wars? Battlestar Galactica? No, it's Star Trek. You foolish boy. <laughs> that was it. That was all I had for the intro. It's good. Good closure. People uh, love. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I would say good closure on a terrible, pretty awful story. People like the missing people or missing persons episodes. What was the last one we we did? We did that guy in January who had the uh, the pink drawn on his car, the lips. Oh, Zeb. Zeb Quinn. Zeb Quinn, I think, was the last one we did. We don't do these as often, but people seem to enjoy these ones. I kind of fucked this one up, though. You certainly <laughs> did. <laughs> we had Brandon Swanson on the list because we are going to cover him eventually. It's another very popular missing persons case. Then I saw you, Dave, posted something about Brandon Swanson. I'm like... Uh, it's Lawson. We're doing Brandon Lawson. I was wrong. <laughs> you smoke a lot of weed the morning when you write the outline and do the wrong story. Yeah, not. Uh, there's some memory <laughs> issues. <laughs> Ian's like, yep, that's exactly what happened. Because <laughs> I'm like, well, I already wrote the the outline for Brandon Lawson, so we're doing Brandon Lawson this week. Here we are. Fair enough. So Brandon Lawson was born on November 18th, 1986, in Fort Worth, Texas. Right around the time you guys were born, no? It was about your age. Uh, I was born in January of this year, so I was about 11 months older than this fella. I was born. Ian was not alive. No, it was January of 1987. Oh, this fucking young chap over here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, By all accounts, Brandon Lawson was a great, loving, hardworking guy. He had been with his girlfriend, Ladessa Lofton, for about 10 years which at that point made them married under common law in Texas. So hardworking guys. So the comparison stop at the date of birth with you guys. Go ahead. (laughs) I mean, I'm sitting here drinking a whiskey. You guys are educating me on a story. So it's not much, but it's honest work. They had four kids, two daughters and two sons. I believe one of the daughters was Ladessa's from a previous relationship but by all accounts, Brandon was a great dad. At the time he disappeared, Brandon was 26 years old, and he busted ass to provide for his family. At some point, Brandon and Ladessa relocated to San Angelo, Texas, where Brandon got work on an oil field. Brandon was working 75 to 80 hours a week on the oil field, which was great money, but like a crazy amount of responsibility for a 26-year-old guy with four kids. 80s hour, 80 hours a week on an oil field and being a great dad at the same time. Can't even fathom it. Nope. But Brandon also had some vices. He had issues with methamphetamines. This is just me completely speculating, but I would assume meth would be his drug of choice just based on those hours he was working to stay awake. According to Brandon's brother, Kyle and Ladessa, Brandon had been clean for six months leading up to his disappearance. I've never done a meth. I've done a menthol. <laughs> I don't really know about the meth, though. All I know Do is not. what Jesse and Walt taught me about meth. So I'm a bit of a non-expert in the meth arena. I watch cops sometimes. Mm. There's a on Pluto TV. There's a 24 hours a day cop yeah. channel. 
uh, when people get pulled over and they have meth issues, it's, doesn't look very fun. I've seen those before and after aging mug shots with the teeth and all yeah. that. It doesn't seem great. Nope. And if you look at the ingredient list, it's all just fucking garbage chemicals, right? Yeah. For the most part. And whatever's in, um, uh, like the Sudafed stuff. Yeah. in yeah. allergy medicine. Yeah. Sounds awful. According to Ledessa on August 7th, 2013, Brandon didn't come home from work that night and she had no idea where he was. The following night, August 8th, at approximately 10.45 to 11 p.m., Brandon and Ledessa got into a fight regarding him not coming home the night before. Ledessa believed he was using meth again, and she told him to get out of the house. Ledessa described him as, quote, in panic mode and, quote, a confused state of mind. Doesn't seem like the state of mind where you want to kick someone out of the house late at night, right? I was kind of thinking that, too, but... Who knows what's then, going on? You know, on maybe now. like in that mindset, you like, you know, if you have your kids to worry about, yeah, sure. You don't know how he's acting, and there's a lot of that in this story. Where like we're gonna get to some different questions about Ledessa, you know, some maybe some odd things, but I think a lot of it's just basic fights. You know, people say things that they regret. Sure, don't answer their phone when they probably maybe should have, but they're like, you know, angry. Don't answer your phone. Things like that. Um, so I, th- I kind of think that's what happened here is like, just told him to get out. Yeah, sure. Fair enough. At 11 54 PM, Brandon left his house wearing a bright yellow shirt, camo shorts and white 2013 Nike Air Max shoes. Are those good shoes, Ian? We know you're a big shoe guy. Yeah. Air Maxes are good. Are they? Oh no, Yeezys. Come on. It's true. I still want those little Nas X. The blood ones? Yeah, those are so fucking cool. <laughs> so when Brandon left, he also had his keys, his wallet, and cell phone on him. He called his father and said he was coming to Fort Worth, and his father tried to talk him out of it. Like, it's midnight, you're all fired up from this fight. It's right under a four-hour drive to Fort Worth from San Angelo. Like, stay home and chill yeah, out. What about Get a hotel room in town. Something. So now we're into August 9th, 2013. At 12.10 a.m., Ledessa called Kyle to let him know what was going on and that she was worried. At approximately 12.30 a.m., Brandon called Kyle to say that he ran out of gas while driving on U.S. 277 toward Bront, Texas. So 36 minutes later. Right. Can't be that far out of town. Kyle got off the phone with Brandon and called Ledessa to let her know that Brandon had run out of gas. Kyle, his girlfriend Audrey, and their son headed over to Ledessa's to grab an empty gas can to go find Brandon. So assume they live close, right? Because you can buy a gas can at the corner of a gas station, right? You would assume that they live pretty close. So it doesn't make sense to backtrack or drive far or anything to pick up a gas can. Next in the timeline, Ledessa missed three phone calls from Brandon. One at 12.34 a.m., 12.36 a.m., and 12.48 a.m., and Brandon never left any voicemail messages. It's a little strange. Could it be like she was preoccupied when Kyle was there getting the gas can? It could be that. It could be something, like I said earlier, where she just didn't, you know, pissed off with whatever and didn't answer. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But I think as we're going to get to later, she didn't have her phone till the next morning, which, I don't know. That's just weird. I don't, I'm not saying there's anything to it. It's just odd. If someone's missing, you're going to go... Well, we'll get to it. 
I don't want to jump ahead. I, I, I will say that he had stayed out all night the night before, right? Right. So at this time you threw him out. And yeah, you knew but he was out of gas and kind of in a situation that. Yeah, I suppose. But probably I'm still just saying, a little I would, pissed off from the night before. You would like, maybe check your phone if it's charging somewhere, at least throughout the night. Maybe once. Hmm. I would. Think. Maybe. If you're pissed, you just go to bed and say, fuck that guy. Right? Yeah. I mean, I've been in fights in my life where I'm like, I'm not answering the yeah, fucking right. phone for days. So I, mm, I think. But she already called the brother, said she was worried. I'm not saying that has anything to do with the story. I'm just saying it's an odd behavior to call and say you're worried and then not check your phone again to the next morning. Yeah. Okay. At 1250 AM, Brandon called 911. So we're going to play the call. I got the original and then a slowed down version. Nine, two, thousand, thirteen, zero, fifty, and thirty-eight seconds. Nine one emergency. Yeah, coming in the middle of the field. The tape was just pushing guys over. Right here, going towards gasoline on both sides. My truck ran out of gas. There's one car here. I checked the woods. Please hurry. Okay, now run that. I mean, no, we're not talking to him. I show you that him. Ah, you ran into him. Okay. That's the first guy. Do you need an ambulance? No, I need a call. Okay. Is anybody hurt? Hello? 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 Nine, two, thousand, thirteen. Zero, fifty, and thirty-eight seconds. Now, emergency. Yeah, coming in the middle of the field, the tape was just pushing guys over. Right here, going towards Avalon on both sides. My truck ran out of gas. There's one car here, and I checked it to the woods. Please hurry. Okay, now, run that, I mean, we're not talking to him. Probably showing you ran into him. Ah, you ran into him, okay. That's the first shot. Do you need an ambulance? No, I need the call. Okay. Is anybody hurt? So this is what I hear. I hear the operator say, 911 emergency. Then Brandon says, yes, I'm in the middle of a field, something inaudible, which this is a very debated thing is what did he say here? Because inaudible just pushed some guys over right here going towards Abilene on Brunt side. But it sounds like it could be both sides as well. My truck ran out of gas. There's one car here. And guys chasing me into the woods. Please hurry. Operator says, okay, run that by me one more. Brandon, I tried talking to him. Uh, I totally ran into him. Operator, ah, you ran into him. Okay. And Brandon says, just the first guy. Then something inaudible over top the operator saying, do you need an ambulance? Brandon says, yeah, no, I need the cops. Operator, okay, is anybody hurt? Then you get those two or three pops that people say are gunshots. 
and the operator says hello three times. Regarding the gunshots that everybody says that they hear, um, his brother Kyle says that is absolutely not gunshots, that it's uh, the sound of cars driving over a bridge that's over the Colorado River. I don't even hear the pops. I heard what sounded like cars driving by. Definitely did not hear gunfire. That's that's for sure. Not. I think everybody agrees. It says, yes, I'm in the middle of a field. Then something just pushed some guys over. It's It sounds like staper. Staper? Which is not a real word, obviously. But that's what it sounds like. Like and he's saying staper? Staper just pushed some guys over. There's people that speculated that it was state trooper and it was edited. Can we play the initial call one more time? Not the slow down version, just the initial. Sure. Nine, two, thousand, thirteen, zero, fifty, and thirty eight seconds. Nine one emergency. Yeah, I'm in the middle of the field. The tape was just pushing guys over. Right here going towards Javelin on both sides. My truck ran out of gas. There's one car here. I got taken to the woods. Please hurry. Okay, now run that by me. One more night talking to him. Hi, so you ran into him. Ah, you ran into him. Okay. Got the first guy. Do you need an ambulance? Yeah, no, I need the cops. Okay. Is anybody hurt? Hello? I see what you mean now after you said that. Mm-hmm. It sounds like like Stapper. It very well could be edited. I don't know. I think that would be going down a whole different rabbit hole with this one. But yeah, I heard it that time. And people talk about a second voice in the background, a male's voice, when he right before he says just the first guy. Um, but that could easily be someone on the operator's end because there's definitely a voice there. There is 100% a, a second voice mm-hmm. there, but I think that it's someone on the operator's end. Could be. Not his end. And his brother Kyle also said that that's what he believes because I guess sometimes the uh, nursing home in this area acts as like, um, like doubles as a 911 operator office kind of thing too. Oh boy, really? Yeah, because it's a really small yeah. area. Okay. Uh, so Probably that it, half the calls are just to that nursing home, anyways. <laughs> They're like, ah, we'll just set up shop here. <laughs> so they out the hallway. Hey, we need you to build it or room four. <laughs> so there would be more more going on in the background, and it would be on the operator's right. end. Well, that explains it. I guess they couldn't isolate that and figure out which side it came from. I won't make you play it yeah. again, but I did not hear a second voice in the background or a background voice. People, Dave, people can back it up and listen again. Hit that I, I did nothing that I 15 second back button. That's right. That's the opposite of the button. You guys used to scan through all the ads, right? Other direction. <laughs> so he made the 911 call at 1250 AM. Eight minutes later at 1258 AM, a truck driver passing by called 911 to report a vehicle parked on the side of the highway with its tail hanging out. The driver didn't see an emergency. He just called 911 because he wasn't from the area and didn't know any local numbers. Uh, he was just driving his truck through. Weird to believe that was Brandon's truck. That was that, it, that was Brandon's truck, yeah. And only one car. Right. Just his truck. Where if we were thinking that he ran into him, was referring to someone else's car, it doesn't appear another car was in the area at that time. Or right. at least stopped on the side of the road. 
visible. 1.18 a.m., Kyle and Audrey called Brandon to find out the exact location of his truck. They said it sounded like he was running through brush, and Kyle heard Brandon say that he, quote, was 10 minutes up the road, and, quote, to just hurry up and get here. At some point, Audrey also talked to him on the phone, and Brandon said, quote, Odd, I'm fucking bleeding. Not long after, they either lost signal or Brandon just hung up the phone. So 118 would be 28 minutes after the 911 call. 2013, they must have had fucking what, Nextel losing all that service. <laughs> Sprint. Wow. <laughs> what was around back then? I don't know. It's out in the middle of nowhere too, right? Probably, but that doesn't yeah. make the joke funny. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even heard of Nextel. Really? Yeah. They were the ones that had the phones that like that can also be walkie talkies. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I don't know how I don't know anyone that owned one, but that's what they used to have. <laughs> Mike Namapod here. <laughs> you guys read me? <laughs> Over. <laughs> you guys <are> like <laughs> hey jackass, we're in the same fucking room. <laughs> <laughs> Over. Just speak. <laughs> yeah, just put your phone down and fucking talk to us like a human. At 1.30 a.m., Kyle arrived at Brandon's truck, but he wasn't there. Kyle got Brandon back on the phone, and while on the phone with Brandon, a police officer pulled up. Now, Kyle said that Brandon says, quote, one time run, which to Kyle meant run from the police, and he wasn't going to run. Brandon said, quote, where is your pride, motherfucker, and then hung up. So this is where this is getting very mm. odd. He called 911 at 1250 and said that he needed the cops. Yeah. You know, he's in this panic. And then at 1.30, he's telling his brother to run away from the cops. Yeah. I, I don't have a good answer for that. It's really bizarre. The police officer didn't mention Brandon's 911 call asking for help. And Kyle didn't mention Brandon's phone call saying that he was bleeding. Kyle and the police officer also came from different directions on the same road and neither of them saw Brandon or anything suspicious, which is weird because Brandon is saying uh, throughout this night, the couple times that he talks to Kyle saying, I can, he's telling Kyle that he can see him. And Kyle's like, where are you? I can't see you. Like, That's weird. Yeah. Did the cop go, was he responding to the 911 call or the trucker call about the car on the road? The trucker car about the broken down car. Right. I don't know if the police officer actually knew about this 911 call. So maybe out that there. explains why he didn't mention it because right. it would seem odd. What the fuck was that 911 operator doing? Yeah. She I, had to go serve the meals at the nursing home. It was like possibly. dinner time. <laughs> Empty bedpans. Late, late night. I'll get to yeah. it later. Right. Yeah. I mean, you would think you would think there would be more communication between mm. the police and his brother, but maybe it was two jurisdictions. Was it the same place? Did the trucker get the same dispatch center? Yeah, you can always have local and county and sure. stuff like that, but it seems like a county thing being out in the country like that. I assume it's out in the country. I don't really know. He, he didn't seem to get too far out of town. No, but it is very uh, like the highway. Like if he would have went running off, it's yeah. very, very rough right. terrain. A lot of cactus, big rocks, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Since the cell phone service was shitty, Audrey sent Brandon a text saying, quote, a cop is at your truck, which was sent as a warning because Brandon had a warrant out for his arrest for possession with intent to deliver, which I sounds like you just have drugs that you're going to take somewhere else. Yeah. You know, I don't, it's weird. I've never heard that before. Intent to deliver. Yeah. 
Texas. Who Sounds knows? like something they make up just to bust you and give you a harsher right. sentence. Yeah, he looked like he was going to be delivering this to underage kids. Let's lock him up. Death penalty. It's Texas. <laughs> Death penalty. That's right. You had a uh, two baggies of weed, a half a gram in each baggie. So uh, you, that's more than personal consumption. You, you, trafficking. Intent to 20 deliver. 20 years. This whole timeline now is not very clear. From 1.30 to 4.30 a.m., Kyle said he drove up and down the highway calling out for Brandon. At some point, he had to leave to get his son food. Kyle said that a few of his coworkers or friends helped look, but he wasn't clear on the details of that, like names or if they actually got out of their vehicles to look. That's all we know from 1.30 to 4.30. Mm. He said some of those calls, Brandon said, I can see you. Right, he told Kyle that I can see you. Man, that's weird. At approximately 4 a.m., Ledessa woke up and noticed multiple missed calls from Kyle, Brandon, and Brandon's mom. Ledessa said her phone had been in her van because her only charger at the time was a car charger. They only had one wall charger, and Brandon had it with him. Ledessa tried to call Brandon back, but his cell phone, but his phone went straight to voicemail, and she assumed that he didn't have service. She eventually talked to Kyle, and he told her, He's out at Brandon's truck, but they haven't been able to find Brandon. At 5 a.m., Ledessa called the police to report Brandon's truck is being abandoned and asked if they had any information, to which they didn't. At 7 a.m., Kyle put gas in Brandon's truck in case he came back, and then at that point, Kyle went home. Seems like something you would have done the night before, maybe? But if he was around the truck all night and kind of just going up and down searching, maybe he just didn't get to that. See, they, they, he's going up and down the highway all night, right? But he left to take his kid home. Like, if he had the gas, you'd think you'd yeah, at least leave it sitting next to the it, car. Yeah. I mean, you're frantic. You don't really think about it. I don't know. There's a lot of time that passes from, you know, one thirty till 7 a.m. And to my knowledge, when he went to get his son food, he didn't just take his kid home. It was like drove to the closest fast food thing and then went back to searching. Hmm. It's six and a half hours. It's a lot of time without calling the police to come out and search more. How did he leave it with the other cop, though? That's what I was, was already say, like, there with the police. Shouldn't the other cop have sort of facilitated that? Was it too early for that? What What's the thinking? This is where some we're going to get to after the ad break. Some of that that theory about what could have happened here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so we don't even know if the cop knew that Brandon was missing right. when he showed up. And I get if your brother's got a warrant like that and you're like, I'm talking to him. He sees me. Let me just get, but then, get rid of this cop. I'm not going to. But then what conversation would Kyle have had with the police? Kyle's at the truck. The police is going to ask, well, is this your truck? What's Kyle going to say? No, I'm just helping. I'm just saying it's interesting how that would have went without getting to what the actual truth was. How do you yeah, kayfabe I, that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But uh, he he probably just started walking away, trying to get gas. We'll find him, you know, no big deal. They pushed the car over or something. The cop left. Yeah, I mean, maybe it is just a. It would just be you know trying to get the cop to leave. That's what I would do. Yeah, because then at you five a.m., Ladessa reported it as a as an abandoned truck. Right. So now at five a.m. now they're being told it's it's abandoned. I feel like Kyle could have easily talked his way out of that situation. Like, yeah. just get this cop away. Just be short with him. Oh, yeah. You know, as short as possible. 
Cop doesn't want to go. He could have. Yeah. Trudging through the, the, you know, right. The brush looking for someone. If they say you're good, they're just going to, they're going to go. Then at 8.30 a.m., the sheriff's department had Brandon's truck towed. And that is the end of the timeline. The last thing you had said, just because you said you had lost your train of thought, was that there was like that 1.30 to 7 where there's just that long space of time without calling the police. Right. That's what you had said. And then Dave and I took it from there. I don't know if that you had a thought with that or. I don't know. Maybe it'll come up later with the final theories, you know, after we get into some of that stuff. But it is. It's just a really long period of time to be out there searching. The only thing is if on the, like you said, when Brandon's telling Kyle, I can see you. Yeah. That, you're that, like, all right, let's get rid of this cop. I'll go find him. He's obviously right here. Right. And that would cool. stop me from reporting him as missing. Yes. Because I would be wandering up and down the highway, like just fucking come out, you right. know, at some point you're getting, you're like, you're getting a little more worried. Like, all right, it's taking a long time, but then you're still like, I don't want him to get put in jail for this warrant tonight. So you're kind of, let me look a little bit longer before I actually call the police. And then yeah, time gets away from you. And all of a sudden it's sunrise and you right. spoke to him. He said he can see you. Mm-hmm. So now you're thinking, all right, well, let me just save him from going to jail. Yeah. And what I find out about this is that from all, you know, from the reporting I read and, and used for this, like news articles and stuff, there were no cell phone calls or text messages reported after one thirty when he called him on the phone, when he said, where's your pride motherfucker? Mm-hmm. As far as reporting is concerned, like on you know news outlets, things like that, there was no communication after that. That's the last time. It's a lot of time, six and a half hours to have no communication without you know then reporting some reporting it. But I think it's explainable. Yeah, it's definitely explainable. Not wanting to get him in trouble. Yeah. So there's some factors to get into after establishing the timeline. And I'm sure we'll go back and reference the timeline when we talk about this stuff. Brandon had been experiencing paranoia the day he went missing. He told Kyle that Ledessa, quote, had people from their neighborhood after him. There's also reports that he said that there were Mexicans after him. Yeah, I read that too. Ledessa doesn't know why Brandon said that. And Kyle was adamant that Brandon was just being paranoid, that there was no truth to this at all. Like we said earlier, Brandon had an outstanding warrant. Kyle believed that this was the reason that Brandon was hiding from the police officer at the scene. He didn't know that Brandon had called 911 and didn't realize how serious the situation was at the time. He had no idea that his brother was in any danger. All he thought was that the car, he'd run out of gas in his truck and he wasn't coming out because a cop was there. But he did, in fact, call and ask for the cops. Which is very strange. It conflicts with him apparently seeing them standing there and not coming out. Yeah. When Brandon told Kyle that he was bleeding, Kyle just assumed that he had tripped or ran into a cactus. Going with the cactus being the cause of Brandon's bleeding, the terrain in the area where Brandon disappeared was extremely rough. There's a bunch of wild hogs and rattlesnakes out there. Also, the Colorado River was, was right next to where Brandon went missing. But at this time, it was going through droughts, and the river was said to be knee-deep at its highest, so it's unlikely he would have drowned or been swept away by the river or anything like that. But to my knowledge of watching animal shows and different things, the wild hogs out in Texas will fuck you up. Those oh. things are terrifying. Those are nasty fucks. Yeah. Can you imagine being like off the side of the road on a Texas highway in the middle of the night with hogs and rattlesnakes and you have a pair of shorts on? 
No. Fuck that. Even a pair of jeans, I'm not surviving. Yeah. Even anything, but just so vulnerable like that. Yeah. I mean, that's going to give me nightmares. I've been through Texas at night too, driving and nothing but tumbleweed blowing in front of you. Oh, I have too. Yeah. You don't really stop. Like, unless there's a gas station or, you know, something like that, you just keep going. It's too dark. That's the biggest thing. Like, you just don't know what's out there, mm. especially for my small bladder. That could be troublesome. <laughs> The area where Brandon disappeared had been searched many times, both on foot and from a helicopter. Thermal imaging cameras, plane searches, and cadaver dogs were all used, but none of Brandon's items had ever been recovered. After helicopter searches, the Coke County Sheriff said that there was no sign of a struggle and that one spot underneath a tree appeared to have indentation marks. This led police to believe under that tree was where Brandon hid to watch Kyle and the officer at his truck, which would make sense where he said, I can see you guys. And then Kyle's like, I can't see you, but I'm sitting down on a tree. Yeah. Brandon withdrew from his 401k right before his disappearance. I've seen it reported that he pulled all of it or just a portion, but either way, Ledessa did confirm that he had pulled money from his 401k. She's unsure if Brandon ever got the money, but she did say that his last paycheck was direct deposited and Brandon never accessed the bank account or used his debit card. With this knowledge, police worked on the theory that Kyle either helped Brandon run away to start a new life or there was some type of foul play with Kyle involved. Kyle agreed to take two polygraph tests and he passed both of them. So I also read that he was about to start a new job in a couple of days. So maybe he was just taking his 401k and rolling it over because he was done at the old place. Yeah, that's Isn't very that possible. Because that's where it ends with the 401k as far, you know, as far as I know. That's not enough to, of a basis to say, oh, your brother helped you escape or, or start a new life. That's nonsense. Yeah. Doesn't prove anything. And as far as uh, polygraphs. Well, we know, know how that goes. We know how that goes. We call them nonsense when they, uh, you know, when they show someone as guilty. So right. I'm going to say the same thing about showing someone as innocent. Right. You know, an interesting fact about polygraphs that I learned the other day. Uh, I can't remember what I was watching. Something true crime related. But psychopaths can trick lie detector tests. You know, they can lie and it doesn't detect. There was an expert saying that the best way to figure out if a psychopath is lying on a lie detector test is that if it spikes a couple seconds or like 10 seconds or so after they answer the question because they get excitement that they think so that they, they got, got away, away with it. it. Yep. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah. It like peaks that they're like, mm. yeah, I got off with that. Aren't you supposed to put a tack in your shoe and step on it? So the, yeah, it just, you constantly spike and they can't identify the lies. And that's what I do. When I <laughs> Are you the father? Step on the tack. No. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Fucking Maury ain't going to get me. He retired recently. I know, but he's been not after me for years. Oh, yeah. Are you under the impression that's how they do the testing? I or? put him in retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's DNA was uh, so strong, the samples melted through the container. I, I'm pretty they sure. were never, ever actually able to test the DNA. I'm pretty sure, I'm worried there's no testing going on of anything whatsoever. It's literally a script they hand you and they say, hey, do this. And then our cameraman's going to chase you into the parking lot. <laughs> Sticking with the police investigation, there's some fuckery going on with Coke County 
uh, Texas newspaper, The Observer slash Enterprise. Three years before Brandon's disappearance, the newspaper was bought by Sheriff Wayne McCutcheon and his wife Melinda, which seems like a huge contra- which seems like a huge conflict of interest that law enforcement owns the local me- media. Doesn't seem outlet. great, right? No, <laughs> I mean it's pr- it's not illegal. I don't think, yeah. but headlines every day. A uh, sheriff's fantastic. He's cleaning. <laughs> he's really cleaning up the crime in this town. Crime rate plummets to a negative two percent. Kind of sounds like today, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> On top of being the wife of the sheriff, Melinda McCutcheon is also the publisher and editor of the newspaper. She posted articles with headlines like "Law Enforcement Concludes Man Not in Coke County" and "Missing Man No Longer in Coke County." Even though there was no real evidence to support making those claims, she was really rolling hard with that. Mm. Kyle had let him get out of or, or helped him get away to start a new life. One of the other uh, unbiased headlines read: "Sexy Sheriff Slays Assassin." <laughs> Colin was very good in bed that night. <laughs> I, I'd imagine. I don't know, but I don't, I don't subscribe to this newspaper. Do another investigation. You want to drive down there? You guys want to send me down there? Go pull the archives. Yeah. You can go to... I'll come back. Ian's like, yeah, I just called them. Got all the information. <laughs> they emailed Send me a zip file. <laughs> Fucking drive 13 hours. Mike's in a microfiche room for, you know, 36 hours straight. Fighting off wild hogs. <laughs> with my wild hog. <laughs> Whip him in the face with that. We'll see who's laughing. Spoiler alert. I'm laughing because I won. Less than two months after Brandon disappeared, Melinda posted to the Observer Enterprises Facebook page, quote, in conclusion, there were many poor decisions made that night and during the next few days. However, they weren't made by the Coke County Sheriff's Office. It's ridiculous. Come on. Yeah. Fucking missing person. Give me a break, lady. I think part of her problem in is that this got uh, a lot of national attention mm. because the 911 call is very, it's eerie, you know. Were they getting hammered for some sort of lack of response? I, I've yet to see anything they did that was egregious. I mean, and re- and even relatively speaking to everything else we've covered on this show, like, yeah, I mean, they look like, like what, they're they're doing their job thus far. Yeah, what was their response to the searching and stuff? I think we'll talk about that in a minute, but that, thus far, I, they I have no problem here. The only thing that you could say is that they jumped to the conclusion that Kyle helped him escape, and they that's all they focused on. They, and they determined very early on that he's just gone, that he was not in the area. Oh, he anymore. was a meth head. He wanted to get away from his family. Right. His brother helped him escape. He's got four kids. This He's is sick out of, of our this. hands. We're, we, this is, you know, we can't do that. I guess. I guess. And we thought you said that with the 401k stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I, I take that back. That's nonsense. They should have been out searching for him and not coming and jumping to conclusions like that, I think. There were no extensive uh, searches done by by law enforcement really they decided he was gone and they wrapped it up yeah all, all the searching like when i said that there was like those thermal imaging things mm-hmm. that's all paid for by his family and i know his mm. his um girlfriend you know common law wife whatever ladessa she has spent like pretty much all her life savings all the savings they had trying to to find him and doing the searching oh, okay yeah, I mean, the police didn't really do much besides the sheriff's wife 
running your mouth. Here I was trying to give the police the benefit of the doubt. People wouldn't yell at me. And it seems they weren't as bad as inadequate response of the police uh, departments that we've covered, but not a good one. Still, probably it's very quick to just close the door on this case. And and I don't like this PR job here. And, you know, this is the worst part. You know, goddamn well, this lady ran these fucking headlines by the sheriff before she ever printed them. So fuck you. Melinda McCutcheon, more like Karen McCutcheon. (laughs) (laughs) She also speculated through the newspaper, social media accounts, theories about Brandon just running away on Facebook. Melinda also wrote, quote, my question is after the deputy left in the hours before the truck was towed, why didn't he go back to his truck and drive off? Could it be? He thought he would be stopped while driving. His actions prove he didn't want to be seen by law enforcement. Could it be he still doesn't want to be found, especially after all the publicity? He fucking called 911 and asked for the cops. Right. 100% speculation. Nothing to base that on at all. Like I said, it it seemed like once this got popular with that 911 call and people looking into it, it just seemed like she's trying to deflect everything onto Brandon. Yeah, clearly. And off the sheriff's department, like. We did everything perfect here. He's just gone. Like, take the criticism, you know? Yeah. Stop. That's your fucking job. That's what we pay you for. You can't just, I mean, I guess you can, but you shouldn't just buy the fucking newspaper. Yeah, right. That's ridiculous. Fuck you. <laughs> I've never heard of something like that. You guys want to buy a newspaper? I guess we could. I wouldn't hate it. That'd be <laughs> so much fun. Make the new editorial board and stuff. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Can't just cost that much, right? We, we are the ones putting in like the letters to the editor, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Jeff Calloway writing letters and stuff, and we can just do it like it's like a long-term text message thread. Since we are the owners, and then we're the editors, and then we're writing the letter to the editor <laughs> to just like write a message to you. You see it, like we next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> letter to the editor. Letter. This was submitted to editor Mike. <laughs> Can we do that and just print like 5,000 weekly copies and pass them out around town? Why don't we just buy the Medina Gazette? <laughs> Why not? Like 10 bucks and a cup of coffee. Yeah. Like, what, I mean, Jesus Christ, what's it going to take? I say we just buy that. Medina Gazette underscore Namapod. <laughs> we own that it would now. be really fun. But we just, it's still the Medina Gazette and we just get a little stamp that has like Namapod on it. Just put that on the front of, of every, Goddamn. of every paper we're hand stamping them. Local mayor's a fuck face. That's the headline. We would piss off so many people in this town. <laughs> hey, I have an open item. I don't have it in front of me, but to talk to the mayor about something. What was that? Do you guys recall? Uh, do you have it written down? I don't. It just occurred uh, to me. I have it written somewhere. I just don't have it in front of me. Remember, I had, we had yeah, it was something we stupid on a statue. In, in, was it in a Bigfoot square? statue? Yeah, or something, something else? like that. Oh yeah, yeah. You were gonna have go up and talk to him about you putting a Bigfoot statue. Made in. a note. Yeah, I have it. So I just have it in front of me. It's in my pending file. Why would you want a Bigfoot <laughs> statue though? Was it Bigfoot or was it something else? It was a statue or a monument to something. But I don't remember what. I have to go back and look. I don't remember. Maybe the three of us. At this point, I I want our own Rocky Balboa statue in the middle of uh, Medina Square. (laughs) Like, just like Ian sitting like with a microphone with like red eyes and Dave and I passed out (laughs) next to him with just beer cans around us. Like, that's the statue. (laughs) 
Like, we should get the keys to the city at this point. Something, right? Some sort of acknowledgement for putting Medina, Ohio on the map. Look, just right? name an ice cream after us at a local ice cream place. I'm fine with that. <laughs> or give me a sandwich in huh. the sandwich shop. I just don't want the Larry David. <laughs> the white fish. Yeah, and- the white fish and, what is it, sable with capers? <laughs> no, thanks. So we're going to see that Melinda McCutcheon is just really a fucking idiot. On February 4th, 2022, Brandon's family reported on the Help Find Brandon Lawson Facebook page that a search party had found clothing identified as Brandon's near his last known location and that the Texas Rangers had conducted a follow-up search of the area and found human remains. DNA results aren't complete as of this recording, but it sounds like the remains will be his. His father posted online that mm. they found the Nike Air Max shoes. And yeah. And if this, how big was the search grid? If this was an area already searched, it's always interesting when that happens. Yeah. Kind of has that 411 vibe that they find a body or remains in a place that had previously been reviewed. And I would assume after this much time that it's probably just a bone or a few bones, you know. Mm-hmm presumably it was sitting in the same spot though. So why did it get missed the first time? Yeah. And is this lady going to retract the, uh, what did it, what did it say? Missing man, uh, ran away to start missing a man life. headline. Yeah. Is she going to run a retraction on that? Maybe you would hope so. Should I ask her? I found her cell phone number online. <laughs> I, I have it. Should we text her and sure, ask her? Text her now. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, I've done my investigative reporting for the week. You do your follow up with her. <laughs> oh, Melinda. I started with that. <laughs> so with this case, I kept going back to the 911 call over and over again, listening to it, trying to, you know, figure out what exactly was being said and make sense of this timeline because it makes no sense. It makes no sense to call 911 asking for the cops to come, then hide from the cops tell your brother to run from him there's just so much that doesn't make any sense in this story Mm -hmm. really and then i found out that meth can cause some psychological issues so what my theory is and this is just my theory and there's so many people you know a lot of people think that there was a crime here something was covered up like at first i thought it was plausible that people were chasing him right but if they were he didn't mention at all to Kyle 20 minutes later when he's sitting under the tree at all, which would be strange. Yeah. When you, when you first hear it and then you, the 911 call and then somebody, um, and then you read the thing about Staper and it could, could have been edited. It's like, did, did he see a cop do something wrong? We said, push some guys over, Mm -hmm. but then he never, like you said, he never brings anything up again to his brother. Brandon had, we know he had an issue with meth but he was clean for six months. His brother Kyle said without a doubt on August 7th, Brandon relapsed and never came home. Then on August 8th, as we know, Brandon and Ledessa got into a huge fight and there was presumably more meth use going on on August 8th. There's a big issue with relapses regarding drugs where people assume that their tolerance is the same as before they got clean and they use that old amount and they overdose. From what I was reading, dying from a meth overdose is very rare. But what isn't rare is methamphetamine psychosis. That meth can alter your brain to induce delusions and hallucinations. And when those two are combined, 
you get psychosis. And this flipped the way I thought about this case completely after I found this out. Because I was like looking for that needle in the haystack. And then when I mm-hmm. read, started reading about this, I'm like, okay, this is possible explanation. This is what I think happened. Uh, people in psychosis experience hearing voices or sounds that aren't there, seeing people or objects that aren't there, and developing a false sense of danger. Meth psychosis usually stops within a week, but sometimes it can last longer. So it's entirely possible that Brandon smoked meth on August 7th, which could have triggered a psychotic episode, and he wouldn't have even needed to smoke on August 8th. But if he did, it could have made that psychosis worse. A week. Holy shit. And some of that shit can last a lifetime, right? You do too much acid, you can get permanently stuck. I think that's right, yeah. So I brought it up on Patreon before that I have bipolar disorder, uh, but specifically bipolar one. And I get psychotic episodes sometimes when I go manic. My first episode was when I was 19 and I had it in my head for about a week that I was being followed. And my girlfriend at the time lived about 30 minutes away and every car that was behind me, I thought was following me. Then it got to uh, when I was at a red light or something, I thought the person behind me was going to get out and hurt me. This all capped off with my friends fucking around one day. And as I'm driving down the road by my grandma's house, they swerved off in front of me, just like fucking around to say hi. But I 100% thought that this was it. This is the person that's going to hurt me. And I was an inch away from hopping out of my car and running away until I realized that it was my friends. So what I think happened here is that Brandon was in a meth-induced psychosis and he ran out of gas. So he parked his truck on the side of the road someone might have stopped to see if he needed help just saw him like maybe he had a flat tire or something sure to which he thought that he was in danger or that person was going to harm him he already had it in his head that ladessa was having people go after him at that point you get the 911 call all the other erratic behavior then something happened you know like a rattlesnake wild hog and it's just an unfortunate series of events could have even just fallen and caused himself to bleed and you know rattle yeah. himself even more it makes just as much sense as anything else and i just brought up my experience just because i didn't want to sound like i'm out here speculating mm-hmm. too much that you know maybe he's went in psychosis and he got scared and ran away you know how that feels yeah so, so. Remember when you were going to be a cop Oh yeah, that was a interesting, <laughs> interesting like, uh, all right. idea. That was not very long ago. Yeah, that was a, yeah. That's pre podcast though. I yeah, can't remember. Yeah, time all right before that. Together. Yeah, yeah. Whew. it'd have been a hell of a cop. <laughs> yeah, that'd be so fucking weird. <laughs> Are you driving and eating a fucking cookie, asshole? What's wrong with you? Push out a car and pistol whips you. <laughs> Fuck you, eating. <laughs> kind of cookies that? can't put 10 and 2 on the fucking wheel with a cookie <laughs> in your mouth, son of a bitch. Like I said, I I've sat there forever with this case, like trying to figure it out and like listening it over and over again to the 911 call, like where mm-hmm. people say that they hear the gunshots, like those pops and mm-hmm. stuff. And I just like randomly thought, I'm like, what could cause, like could meth actually fuck with your head? Because to my knowledge, it's just it gets you really high and you're up forever, mm-hmm. you know, all sped up. And then I saw hallucinations and psychosis. I'm like, this is starting to make more sense. I can't come up with any other reasonable explanation. I mean, I thought that, you know, if he's back in the drug game, it's completely possible that he fucked over the wrong people. 
And maybe they did follow him out of town and were chasing him. But until you get to those phone calls to his brother later, when he apparently is just sitting there and he can see them and not mentioning that and he's not running and no one's chasing him. And yeah. right. It's just that initial nine one one call yeah. that would lead you to believe that nothing else. Yeah. There's no more further proof of that. So I don't have a better explanation. I think things get inflated sometimes as mysterious when there's just, you know, some bad things happen sometimes. Things like this. Yeah. The 911 call is um, strange. Yeah. In the context of your explanation, it's not that strange, though. And there's, you know, I mean, there's some vagueness from his brother. And then I know people questioned uh, his girlfriend, how she had the phone charging out in the van and I, I didn't bring that up to suggest that she was a right. part of anything. Mm-hmm. I just found it odd, you know, behavior that you called his brother, Kyle, to be worried about, you know, saying I'm worried. And then you plug your phone in your car and go to sleep for the night and not check it again. Maybe this is not the all. first time this has happened. It's happened multiple times. Like, right, I'm going to call his brother. Yeah. Let him know I'm going to bed. Fuck this guy. I've had enough of this kind of situation. She obviously had nothing to do with it. She you know, she spent tons of her, her own money trying to find him. And and I did see a crime con this past week and they, they did a show with that crawl space podcast and they had her up on stage, you know, talking about the recent events. So she's still hanging in there and is really? definitely involved. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they get some closure, Yeah, you know, with the DNA results and things like that. But uh, this is just my two cents on what I think happened with this case. I have no idea what happened. So I'll go with you. That's just the only thing, because if I didn't, if I wouldn't have looked into the mm-hmm. uh, meth psychosis stuff, I would have just been sitting here at the end like, I, I have no idea any of this. But as I, and I'm not the only one out there that has thought of this, because when I started diving further, people, mm-hmm. you know, have brought it up okay. before. Right. I just figured I could throw in some context with, with my experience with driving. That sounds having, horrible. Having some issues with that. Okay. Got some new patron shout outs. Uh, ooh, look at that list. Quite a few of them today. Thank you very much to new patrons. Our Lord and Savior Miller Light, Jamie, Alex Wishart, Madeline Beadle, Gabe Huberies, Come Commander of the Seaman Fleet, <laughs> Michael <laughs> Giannantonio, oh, uh, Rachel Holtz, Hannah Riley. Kristen Heimer Buke, cheers from Iceland. Nice. Amanda Bailey, Grizzly Apples, Clay Moore, Chris Deshawn, Seabass, the Lonesome Listener, Lisa Marie, Anna Lingus, <laughs> Ashley, Conceta Prisco, Travis Jones, Nessa K, B, Erica, Diego Universe. Sweet and Sour Lover, 69. <laughs> Misty Rose. Jupacabra. Jupa, <laughs> Sorry, that one twisted me up. Jennifer Kiesling. Seth. Gringo Loco. Carrie Dwyer. Leo Zapita. Heather Redden. Amber Budenot. Psycho Sid's Broken Leg. Johnny Luth. <laughs> maybe Luth. Joanne Boyvin, Skinwalker 99, H-Town Boogie, Drew Ulrich, Cammie Wilson, Dylan Whitehead, Angels Fell, Brenda Fajir, Taylor, Andrew Amon, Jacob Crosswhite, 
Ashley Starzinski, Brady McCarthy, Five Finger Sex Punch, Shelby Wallace. (laughs) That's uh, another word, fisting. (laughs) I believe so, Dave. I believe that's a scientific version, though. Five Finger Sex Punch. Um, Kunto the Great. Mike's Hung Like a Mouse. (laughs) That sucks for that guy. (laughs) Dakota Carlson. Andrea Misunas, Taylor, Amber B, Steven Ensminger, Zach Adamson, Shane Larson, The Urge to Splurge, Lauren, Sarah Wardwell, Hudson Moore, Ryan Taverna, Ian is a sweet baby angel. Thank you all very much. We are at patreon.com slash necronomapod. Ian, what was the fake one I added to that list? Uh, The anal ingus one. That was it, yeah. Yeah. got it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was going to be the first one. one. I can't remember what I read, but whatever that one was that cracked you guys up early on. Oh, that cum cannon Cum commander? Yeah. The semen fleet or something? That's what it is, cum commander. Yeah. Dave started laughing halfway through it. That must be his, because only he laughs at his own jokes that early on. Nope. I knew that one was real because it popped up on my phone earlier <laughs> i get i still get notifications for all patreon stuff mm-hmm. so i just chuckle god damn when i see stuff like, like oh, that can't pop wait up. for mike to read that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i see them pop up i'm like god damn so we should say it's a little bit of false advertising those aren't all of our new patrons dave does make one up every week well just one well, i don't want to sound like braggarts over here <laughs> We were minus one this week on what we read. Ann L. Ingus is not an actual patron. But she should be. She might be next week. She probably has an OnlyFans. (laughs) Uh, Ian, what do you got? For iTunes, I have one for Gase1010, Dave's Right Nut, College Kid, a whole bunch of numbers, Jigs456, B Savage73, Paris Holiday, TJ is 51, Mike's Taint. A lot of that kind of stuff going on. People are always liking uh, thinking about Mike's taint. I think <laughs> I read that on a Patreon last week. Smutty Fang from the Sip, Foles one three six, Josh Airy eight, Echo Unknown, Cray Moore, Miss Artie, C Ann, Crystal Kell, Alex Russell five one three, Rachel Ann, Hobo on the IC, Weirdo for Life. And now bar. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. That's a lot of fucking reviews. Yeah, that's the most I've read in a long time. God damn. What was that one? Gase 1010. That's the young man that's homeschooled and uh, loves the show, but his mom doesn't want him to listen because it's explicit. Yes. Yeah, don't listen to your mom, kid. Listen to the show. <laughs> Censorship in all forms is terrible. Wow, look at him. If there's something that someone doesn't want you to listen to, that just means you need to listen to it. And it's awesome. Going to learn today. If there's any- <laughs> Young man, if there's any books your mom doesn't want you to read, read those books. Yeah, that's solid advice. That's my advice to you. If there's any music your mom doesn't want you to listen to, listen to that music. Is that what we are? Are we the shunned podcast by mothers and fathers everywhere? Well, I, so. I think that. Is that what we've become? That little that crime con thing had, that happened it means we're a shunned podcast, I think. Because we did not get accepted. <laughs> there was a lot of podcasts that got accepted there, like to like the podcast row that do not appear to have nearly the following that we have. I <laughs> think, hmm. think there's a reason for that. Is it because I said I wanted to fight Nancy Grace, perhaps? <laughs> Could have something so to do I'll tell you right now, it. if I see her and I have a chance, I'll punch her in the fucking that, face. <laughs> that might get us uninvited from crying on. I mean, I'm, oh, wait, wait. Let I'm me just find my tears here. and um, like my tissue to cry about it. <laughs>
my video and my Nancy Grace wig. Oh, yeah. I forgot they, about that. Are they really going through and doing all that research, you think? They might. There's no way. I mean, there's probably somebody that listens Tot to Mom. They probably just Googled Necronomapod just a bit. And then, yeah. But, like. You have a video where you're fucking wearing a so Nancy if, Grace wig. So, it, it wasn't me wanting to punch Nancy Grace. It was Dave, after well, all. I didn't threaten violence, though. But they're not going to find that on a simple Google search. Well. If you Google us, does Dave's Nancy Grace video come up? No, absolutely not. You got to know that it's Casey Anthony part two. If you want to go look at it oh, on yeah, YouTube. Right. So there's not, so it's just the opening of, that's right. That's right Cause it wasn't a video. It was the opening like introduction of the show. No, right. it's a, I did a video and I just spliced it onto the, the <laughs> file for YouTube as an intro. Were you holding I mean. a plate? It was plate? the intro to a show. Yeah. It wasn't a special video where you were like, Nancy Grace. Oh, yeah, I just for... put it in front of the Casey Anthony part two. Yeah, I had a pl- plate of tater tots yeah. in front of me. Hot mom. And I had a collage. I did my Zoom screen as a collage of Casey Anthony pictures. That's all I think about. Casey Anthony. Slut. <laughs> Places we will not be in the spring of 2023. Orlando, Florida for crime time. Yeah. We might just have to go and walk around. Look kind of fun. Uh, I will not go as a jabroni. <laughs> I'm either invited or I know show. Sorry, that's my pick. Pass out koozies, though. You guys go pass out koozies. Here, here, I got the idea. We'll we'll just get a vendor table, and when when we get there, we'll set up like a table, and it'll be like Nancy Grace used panties. Like two two bucks a piece. We'll have a a whole table of Nancy Grace's used panties. See how long he can get away with it. <laughs> Three minutes later, just a video of you guys getting escorted out. We're going to be refunding your vendor fee for a crime con this year. You guys are no longer welcome in the building. <laughs> They're probably not even going to fucking refund it. Just tell us to leave. Let's see how this Like, uh, you must leave now. By the way, we're going to confiscate all these panties and we're going to resell them for 15 bucks. <laughs> I'll wear my wig too and I'll just sit at the table. <laughs> Full beard. Just really. That's right. <laughs> Buy my panties. <laughs> These are the panties yeah. I wore in the Tot Mom video. I can't. I can't imagine why we didn't get accepted there now. Man, really wonder. Oh boy, do yeah. they really not accept like adult themed podcasts there? I don't know. It just seems like if there w- would be a reason, that would probably be it. They could have. They could have turned on any episode. To be honest, <laughs> like in all fairness, you may have a point. They got some intern doing research, and she, her eyes are bugging out as she's listening. First thing, I'd probably fuck a golden retriever. God, like, delete. Or the Michael Jackson one where you're talking about doing the Michael Jackson voice, where he's using a baby's penis as a pacifier. Oh did I, did I do that? Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they probably could have heard that and like, no, we've come a long, good. we've come a long way. Well, to be fair, that was an eyewitness account. That's not something I just made up willy nilly. <laughs> <Yeah>, right. <laughs> well, and back then we did, we assumed no one was listening. So we didn't Michael Jackson was like late last year. <laughs> no, it was not late last year. When was when I did we do no Michael idea. Jackson? A baby penis pacifier. I want to say it was two years ago. It was something it was, about a baby. It was, with it was early. <laughs> I'm going to say it's early 2020. <laughs> All right, hold on. That's pretty funny. I got a couple shout outs while you're looking at that. Okay. <clears throat> I have a shout out for Missy Time Creations. One of our listeners sent us um, 
these really cool koozies slash tumblers. So you can use them, you know, like for your hot and cold drinks with a lid, or you can take that lid off and drop a can of beer in there and it functions as a koozie as well. Very cool. We each had a uh, custom designs. Just go ahead and pop a beer. In. It's like uh, one of those Yeti things. Yeah. Yeti really cool. Drinks. So thank yeah. you so much. Missy time creations. I also heard from two star Mark. Yeah. I think his wife sorted him out. She probably bitch slapped him around a little bit. <laughs> he's, all, he's five stars everywhere. He's he's all straight now. <laughs> we don't have to roast two-star Mark anymore. He's now five-star Mark. And I Mark, we're all good. Thanks, pal. She probably did train him because, incidentally, two-star Mark's wife knows how to leave great reviews. She left me five stars on Cucks Across America the other day. <laughs> and it was a glowing review. <laughs> I believe a quote orgasms to the heights of which I didn't know a woman could experience <laughs> was one of the quotes. She's like two star Mark never hit that spot. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was about something like that. But anyways, I think she gave him a lesson how to write a good review. Cause whew, she gave me a great review. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks. Mrs. Two star Mark. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> he meant so well. Here we are, just fucking toasting him every week. Ugh. Somewhere down the line, Ian owes him a beer. There you go. All right, yeah, I'll buy him a beer. All right. Samantha Loves Dave is a patron now, so I don't think we're going to see any more updates from Samantha Loves Dave. I don't have to ask you every week. Well, Good finally deal. she stepped up. Yeah. She still loves Dave, of course. Well, I would hope so. She just doesn't need to leave any updated uh, five stars. That's all I have. Well, thanks for all those five-star reviews. Yeah. 2020 october 2020 we did michael jackson okay, so about 18 months ago yeah yeah things have changed since then a little bit more i have to go back and listen to this i think baby things- penis binky that sounds pretty funny <laughs> it was pretty funny i have zero recollection of that yeah me neither well yeah, it gets- it's not surprising i i don't even remember what we talked about last week uh Did you put that baby penis in my mouth binky <laughs> pretty good is he remembering it now is that what he said or no, no i really don't i like that binky <laughs> oh boy what was the documentary square one there it is is that what it was square one it's something like that that's what i thought it was it might you might think you're right spoiler alert we haven't watched it no two think, years later i think it confirmed the binky theory if i remember i think so yeah. probably today's the first day i've even thought of michael jackson in a very long time hmm Right off the bat with your text message this morning. Corey Feldman dancing around like Michael Jackson. <laughs> Jesus. The music. Like, I think that was from Howard Stern Channel 9 show back, way back. Oh, really? Oh, that was Howard in the bald wig. <laughs> oh, I didn't oh you didn't that. even know who that was. No, oh, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck yeah. is happening right that now? That was Howard. <laughs> 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 is this what you guys do that early in the morning? It's the first thing I saw this morning when I opened my eyes. I picked up my phone to shut off my alarm and I watched it. What the fuck is this? Like, well, it's going to be a good day. <laughs> yeah, he's like shaking his ass. Around. It's wild. You're going to be all right? Yeah. You, yeah, good. you good? <laughs> all right, we good? Anything else? I, I hope they uh, confirm this, this kid's DNA and family get some closure. Yeah. Did they give a timeline when they would know? This was what, February? Uh, that they found the remains. Yeah. That's what we said. Yeah. So, yeah. And anything I said was just speculation, just my theory on it. Could have been anything that happened to him. It's very weird. Uh, 
weird and unfortunate mm-hmm. set of circumstances. All right. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Necronomapod, patreon.com slash Necronomapod, Necronomapod.com if you want to check out our stickers, and Amazon.com search Necronomapod to get all of our latest merch. Thank you all so much. All right. You guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs>